Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We are on the downhill slide of hitting this wonderful psalm. We've been in it for quite a while and we have just a few more lessons left as we're just taking this segment by segment, Psalm 119, walking through and seeing how much the Word of God was necessary in helping out um, the psalmist through the issues in, that he was having. Well, if you don't mind, let's look together in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, notice with me in 129. Psalm 119 and 129, the Bible says this, Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so I will keep thy precepts. Make my, thy face shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. And if, you don't, if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, will you mark a phrase that we find in Psalm 119 and 129? Psalm 119 and 129, notice the phrase where it says, Thy testimonies are wonderful. Thy testimonies are wonderful. And with the Lord's help, we're going to hit this idea here about the testimonies, which is another phrase for the Word of God. Thy testimonies are wonderful. <laughs> Thy testimonies are wonderful. As we start off, let's examine this. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Help me to keep them. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Help me to keep them. Notice this word wonderful. This word wonderful is actually a wonderful word. It's a powerful word. The word wonderful refers to things that are unusual and beyond human ability to produce. This word wonderful comes from a root word that actually means too difficult. So the basis of those words is that it's too difficult. So the word wonderful when you put it together is points to an idea that it's too difficult for us. So God has to do it. It is wonderful that God's word is wonderful. It is a supernatural book. It is so, too difficult for us to put together. Think about the Bible. Think about the reflection as we examine it. When we look at the Bible and we think that it has 66 different books, 40 different authors written over a span of at least 1,200 years. 
And God was able to put those authors and the books together, different backgrounds, different histories, different times, and put them together and have 66 books that have the same theme, that have the same um, picture of Christ woven all the way through it, and don't contradict together. That is something wonderful. It's something too difficult for us. But it is something that God is able to do. Something that God is able to achieve. These words are wonderful. Think about the purpose of God's word. The purpose of God's word is to reveal God to man. To let us know who he is. Those things are too wonderful to us. We could have never come up with this idea of God. When people come up with their idea of God, they usually make God more manlike. You think back of the ancient Greeks. The ancient Greeks, their gods were just worse debauchery than humans were. All the things that went on. All of the other gods that were created seem to have more human qualities. But our God is a holy God. A righteous God. A God of justice. He is far and above anything else that we have. He is a wonderful God. And to have the Bible reveal that. It is a wonderful book. It is something too difficult for man to do. But it is something God is able to do. Think about the unified message of this God that's revealed in the Bible. Of his mercy, of his love, of his forgiveness to the fallen. The sinful creatures like us that God has chosen to die and forgive. How wonderful it is that God has revealed himself. No wonder the psalmist said, thy testimonies are wonderful. And because they are so wonderful, because they're too difficult for man to do, but something God is able to do, therefore, I'm going to love them. You know, that should be our response. We should love God's word because of how wonderful those words are. These are God's words to man. They're not man's words that man wrote down together. We should determine to keep them and love them. Because this is what God has given us to do. The more that you spend time with God's word and realize how wonderful they are. The natural response is for you to want to keep them. And to obey them. Something else we see in this psalm. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Give me understanding. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Give me understanding. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse 130. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Here, when it speaks about that the entrance of thy words giveth light. The word light here is an interesting thing. It gives us light to show us we're in the correct path. Light exposes the dirty in us so we can be cleaned up. The light of the Bible is so uh, direct that it can even guide the simple. God's light carries the idea that it opens up the window and lets the light in of an illustration. He makes it clear for us. Well, as we see the entrance of thy word giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. Throughout this psalm, over and over, the psalmist will ask for this one thing. Understanding. Understanding. 
understanding. That's one thing we're looking for. Wisdom and understanding. Understanding about what's going on. Understanding about the world that's happening. And the Bible can do that for us. In fact, let's just take a quick little tour. One, uh, Psalm 119. And let's just see the times that the psalmist wanted understanding. Psalm 119, 18. Psalm 119, 18. It says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Remember, we just talked about God's word being wonderful. What is wonderful? That God's word, they're too difficult for man, but because God supernaturally gave them, they're wonderful. They are amazing. God's word's wonderful. He says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of our law. What do we mean by this? That When we open the Bible, there are things in it that should make us go, wow. And if you pray this prayer, this is a good prayer to pray. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I guarantee, I double dog dare you guarantee, that if you say, Lord, make me say wow in my Bible reading today, God will. Heaven forbid if we ever get to reading our Bible as a checklist. Heaven forbid we get to the place where it's dry and, oh, let me get it done. Well, then just simply, you're just not reading it right. If you're saying, Lord, make me go wow, it doesn't matter where you're reading it. You could be reading Psalm or uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 through 9 where it says so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so begat so-and-so. You could ask that and say, God, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And you could find things that make you go wow even inside of genealogies. You could be in the middle of Leviticus where God is listing all the laws. And uh, you say, oh great, roll my eyes, let me endure till the end. You could say, no, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And you could be reading through and go, wow. The subject mentioned in the Bible more than any other subject is the tabernacle and temple. And so many times God lays out the plans for the tabernacle. You can go and say, Lord, open my eyes and behold wondrous things out of thy law. And you can even read the blueprints for the tabernacle and find something to make you go, wow. That should be our prayer list. Oftentimes, we as disciples, we will ask our disciples, and when you become a disciple, disciple, you should do the same thing. How does God speak to you in your Bible reading? What are we looking for? What did God make you go wow on? What are you, something you went, wow, look and see, this is great. I love it when you guys are in your Bible reading, you get excited and you text me, pastor, I read today, wow. That's how our Bible reading should be. It should be one, no wonder, I can't wait to read my Bible again because I want to go wow again. Wow, wow. Well, what we see here is the psalmist is saying, open my understanding. Give me wisdom. Open my eyes. Notice Psalm 119.27. Psalm 119.27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so that I may talk of thy wondrous works. Notice this. Make me to understand Lord, help me to understand your law. Help me to understand your word. Help me to understand it. Why? That I, so I shall talk of thy wondrous. There's that word wondrous again. 
What is wondrous? Something too difficult for man. But for God, it is something that makes us go, wow. Lord, help me to understand your Bible so I can tell everyone else. Wow. Look at what God did. Look at how, wow. When's the last time the Bible's made you go, wow. It should be a constant experience. Wow. 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 But this is what the psalmist is praying. I think that praying is a good key part of this. Notice if you don't mind in Psalm 1934. Psalm 1934. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. I shall observe it with my whole heart. He says, give me understanding. Once again, the psalmist is saying, I want understanding. Give me understanding. Psalm 119.73. Psalm 119.73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Notice, there's a precept here. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Lord, you created me with purpose. You created me with intention. I was not an accident. Give me understanding. I want to understand more from your law because that's how you direct me. That's how you give me your will. That shows me what's next. That's what you want me to do. Lord, you made me for a purpose. Help me to open my understanding that I may know what you want me to do now. That's a good prayer. Psalm 119, 125. Psalm 119, 125. Hit this last week. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Once again, give me understanding. I'm your servant. The only job of a servant is to what class? Obey. Obey. I'm thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know the testimonies so I know what you want me to do. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Once again, understanding. Psalm 119, 144 for next week. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Give me understanding and I shall live. Why? Because your Bible is forever. Your Bible applies for me. It's what I need. Give me understanding. Going back to Psalm 119 and 131, as we're talking about this idea that thy testimonies are wonderful, give me understanding. Psalm 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. You guys know what panting does. For for example, a dog pants, right? A dog hangs out his tongue out of his mouth and... (sighs) Usually when you see a dog doing that, what do you give him? Water. Water. All right, and he eagerly licks it up. (laughs) Another animal that pants is a deer. It hangs its tongue out. And goes, "Ah, ah, ah." and what are they looking for? Water. They're thirsty for it. Here the psalmist is giving this illustration that I opened my mouth and panted. Why? For I longed for thy commandments. Here the psalmist is thirsty, but what's he thirsty for? God's word. You know, if the Bible is making us go, wow, It also makes us thirsty for it. If your Bible reading is dry, it doesn't make you thirst for it. I mean, let's imagine that you're thirsty. All right. I'm thirsty now, so I can grab a bottle of water. Great. And that will help. 
But let's say that I'm thirsty and I've got an empty bottle of water. I could go ahead and tip it over and put a lot of air into it, but is it going to do anything to quench the thirst? And if I keep getting an empty water bottle enough, am I going to keep going to that water bottle? Why did people finally quit reading their Bible? Because it's been dry and empty, unsatisfying, boring, doesn't make you go wow. And it makes someone where they don't thirst for it. You would almost think, how do you someone get thirsty for God's word? Well, you start off by praying, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy law. And then God gives you something that makes you go, wow. And because you went, wow, you want to go back to the well tomorrow. And you go back, Lord, open my eyes. And after a while, you start thirsting for it. I can't wait to go for it. I am panting for God's word. I desire God's word. I want to see it make me go wow again. I can't wait. My Bible reading is alive and it's so real and it's so personable. Oh, this is wonderful. God's word is never dry. Sometimes it's us. That we haven't taken the time to pray We're not thirsty for it. We're not looking for it. You know, in the Christian life, this idea of panting is found all throughout the Bible. That the Bible says in the Psalms that we pant after God. Why do some people don't search after God? Because they're not thirsty for Him. The Bible speaks about the revival. Why don't we have revival? Because we're not thirsty for revival. The Bible speaks about that we're supposed to be thirsting for God's will. Why is it sometimes that we don't want God's will? Because we're not thirsting for it. And when we're not thirsting for it, we don't find it. If we're not thirsting for God, we don't find Him. If we're not thirsting for God's will, we don't find it. If we're not thirsting for something wowing in God's word, we're not going to find it. Does that make sense? There is an idea of human passion. God did not make us emotionless robots. Being wowed is not a bad thing. There should be emotion tied to your Bible reading. There should be emotion tied to your prayer. There should be emotion tied to your service. You should be thirsty. And if you are not thirsty, there's something wrong. I would encourage you to go take that prayer. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. Over and over the psalmist said, give me understanding. Give me understanding. And every time, once I have that understanding, I'm going to respond to your word properly. I want to thirst for it. The Bible is something I need to live. Well, if you don't mind, notice something else. We see, thy testimonies are wonderful. Keep me from sin. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Keep me from sin. Notice with me in verse number 132. Psalm 119, 132. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as thou used to do to those that love thy name. The psalmist here feels like there's a barrier that keeps God from acting on his behalf, as God has acted for others before. I'm sure that you may have felt that way from time to time when it said, God's put a barrier. It's, you're not responding. You're not working. I mean, you work for all these other people. How come, what's holding me back? What's, what's in between this? He begs God to look at him. God, do you see me? God, I'm here. God, look at me. <coughs> he knew God was able to see. Nothing happens that God can't see. He just wanted act, God to act upon him. 
be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. He desired God to respond and work in his life just like God had worked in others before him who would love God's name. By the way, as a little asterisk, this is why when I need comfort, I love going to the historical books. I want to find out how God worked in others' life before and I want God to work the same way. If he did it for them, he could do it for me. That's exactly what the psalmist is going to. You did this for David. You did this for Job. You did this for Abraham. Lord, you're the same God. You say you love me the same. Lord, do this to me too. God, see me work in my life. Do something. At the same time, the psalmist also knew his own heart and flesh. Notice with me in verse 30, uh, 133. Order my steps in thy word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. The psalmist knew his own heart and flesh. He wanted God to order his steps and to keep him from sin, from sin having dominion over him. Now notice this. He understood that he was a sinful creature. He understood that there's never going to be a time where he doesn't sin. The idea of sinless perfection is not found in the Bible. Not until we get our brand new redeemed bodies. However, there's an idea of sinning and messing up and making sure that we confess God. And actually having sin have dominion over me. The word dominion carries the idea of control, of dominance, of rulership. There are some people who allow sin to control their lives. He said, God, don't let me get to the place where sin controls me. Don't let it have dominion over me. Don't let it be a place where it's affecting me. Guard me, protect me. I don't want to be shipwrecked because of sin ruining my life. You know, if I could put an emphasis here. Sometimes people will look at that and, and with a prideful idea. Sin's not going to control me. That's a stupid prayer. Well, if it's so stupid, why was it a big f fear of Paul for him to be shipwrecked? Paul, that was his big thing. He said, I don't want to be shipwrecked. That's the same phrase here. What is the idea to be shipwrecked? It carries the idea to be put aside for service. Be put aside where I'm no longer usable by God. He says, that's my fear. If sin gets a hold of me, then I'm cooked. I'm broken. If sin starts having dominion over me, then I'm no longer usable in your hands. He says, I don't want to be shipwrecked. Guard me from that. I don't want to be put aside. If you would go through the Bible and you would see that Paul wasn't the only one, those people who were truly right with God, that was something they were always concerned over. Moses, David, Paul. Lord, don't let have sin dominion over me. Lord, don't have sin rule my life. Help protect me from that. I want to be useful for you. Order my steps. You step by step by step. Show me the next step and help me to do that so sin doesn't ruin my life. Notice if you don't mind. Deliver me from the oppression of man. So I will keep thy precepts. Not only did sin threaten to overtake him, but the world the psalmist lived in made it very difficult to obey God's word. Perhaps laws or authority or something like prison didn't allow him to obey God's word as he wished. But his prayer and desire is that he wanted to live as if he had the freedom to obey God's word. Even in the psalm's dark world, he knew 
His hope was in the Lord. He wanted God to shine his face upon him. 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants and teach me thy statutes. Here the psalmist is admitting um, that, Lord, I want you to live to give me freedom. Think about, I personally believe the psalmist is Daniel. Well, I believe that Daniel wrote this at a young age. <coughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the psalmist was Daniel. And if the Daniel was going through things in his life <laughs> at a young man, this would help set him up later. Think about later. Later on, they passed a law that said he could not pray out loud. He couldn't pray um, <coughs> uh to any other God but to the king at that time. Well, this plies right into it that he says, Lord, I want you to deliver me from the oppression. I don't want anything to hinder me. I want to be consistent. Even if the laws don't allow me to be consistent, help me to be consistent as if I had true freedom to obey what God said. Help me to be able to have those laws, to, to have, be so determined. Think about this. If people are barely reading their Bible now, what's going to happen when the Bible's outlawed? If people are barely attending church now, what's going to happen when it's illegal to go to church? We understand those things can be real things. We saw that a couple years ago when they outlawed going to church. In fact, there are still places in Canada you cannot go to church. It's illegal to go to church right now. Still go to the bar, but you can't go to the church. Those things... Are become a reality more than we understand. And if you're not in the habit of seeking God now and being obedient to God now, when those things become a reality, how are you going to obey? He says, Lord, I want to develop such a habit that I'm following after you no matter what the laws say, no matter what the people say, no matter what the the people around us are trying to get us to do. My hope is in you and I have to stay close to you. Notice as it finishes up in 136. Rivers of water run down my eyes because they keep, uh, keep not thy law. The psalmist's heart now goes out to the oppressors. He begins to feel sorry for them because they're lost and because they're not right with God. When we understand that the word of God is correct, the judgment's of the Bible speaks of, they're also correct. There's real people that are going to stand before God one day and be sentenced to that awful place called hell. One day, Christians who don't serve God are going to be set aside for service during the millennial kingdom. There are real things that people are missing out on. And it's heartbreaking. And the more that you study the Bible and the more that you see where they're going, the more heartbroken you are to realize that there's real consequences that are going to be faced. The biggest curse of the ministry is that you desire more for people than what they want for themselves. And the more that you spend time in the Bible and the more that you realize what's happening in future events, the more that you realize that this isn't playtime. This is real things. That it's not an idea that I go to church just because this is what we do. There's real things that are affected because of it. There are relationships. 
fact, I've been pastoring long enough that this situation's popped up many times in the last 25 years where I'll be sitting someone across from the desk and they'll be talking about how things are ruined, things are falling apart. And I, you know, have to shrug my shoulder and say, if you would have listened to me three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you wouldn't be in this mess. It could have been all avoided. That's the heartbreaking thing is to see where they're headed to and see the destruction and see the reality of it. The psalmist is heartbroken around them because these are people, if you're praying for people as you ought, you're going to love them and you want the best for them. Even your enemies. We should have this desire that God's word is real and it's wondrous and people need to have it for themselves. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. I hope that the Bible makes you go wow. If not, let me tell you, it's easy to start off with just by praying. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from my law. It should be a common place where your Bible makes you go wow. That God speaks to you, pointing things out in your Bible, and you go, wow, I want to read more. Don't let your Bible reading just become a checklist. Don't let it be just something that you do to get out of the way. Let it be something that you're panting for, thirsty for, desiring for every day. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.